Good morning, listeners, and welcome to our podcast. In today's episode, we are going to talk about human rights around the world. For that, we'll have several specialists, starting with Julia, who is the writer of many books, including Nigeria's Human Rights Magazine. Hi, Julia. Hi, Malu. I'm really grateful to be here today. So let's start talking about Chile's case. How did Pinochet ascend to power? Some groups that disagreed with Allende's policies joined with members of the armed forces who opposed Allende. On September 11, 1973, the military overthrew the government. Who was Diaz Caru and what did she do for Chile's population? She's a Chilean activist who spent years working for people's rights in Chile. She's the leader of an organization that tries to find out what happened to more than 1,000 people who disappeared after being arrested by Pinochet's government. How, how has Chile recovered from Pinochet's mil military government? Political parties were re-established in 1989, and in 1989 Chile held presidential elections and Patricio Alwin Azoka won. Since then, the country has had several free elections and democracy continues to grow stronger. Thank you, Julia. We'll be right back with you to talk some more. And we're back with Julia to talk about the Myanmar case. So, who was young Sasuki and why did she win a Nobel Peace Prize? She's the daughter of Aung San helped Myanmar gain independence from Britain. She won a Nobel Peace Prize for her work in the struggle for democracy and human rights in Myanmar. Which were the main actions established by Myanmar's government and how did the world react to that? The government passed laws and committed actions that prevented democracy from taking root. So organizations like Amnesty International identified several problems like laws preventing certain people to vote, for example. How is Myanmar currently, in terms of political stability? Myanmar has been trying to take measurements to fix errors from the past, by releasing political prisoners and reducing censorship. Thank you so much for your presence, Julia. We'll be back after a short break with other guests. Again, everyone, we are back with a very special guest to continue our conversation. Welcome, Maria Eduardo. Hello, guys. So, you're part of the government in Norway, right? Yes, I am. So, in many countries, human rights are dis disrespected inside prisons. How are things like in Norway? Well, in Norway, the prisoners are much different from Brazil. They actually focus on the rehabilitation of the prisoners, not on the punishment. It treats them as human beings. Most prisons have computers on themselves, and the rooms are individual, even for those who committed really serious crimes. This way of treatment has been much more efficient than treating prisoners like garbage, and it gives them a sense to be back into society. Thank you very much for your presence, Maria Eduarda. We'll be back in a few moments, so stay tuned. Here we are for the last segment of today's episode, and for that we are now joined by Paulo, BBC's correspondent in Brazil. Hi, Paulo. 
Hello, Maria Luisa. It's a great pleasure to be here. So, can you tell us a bit about what is going on in Brazil? Sure. In October 2017, Michel Temer, who was then Brazil's president, changed the 13-401-2017 law. This new established that willful crimes committed by the military forces will be judged in a different tribunal, called the Military Tribunal. The law hasn't kept a fair judgment since then. Brazil military tribunals don't guarantee a judicial independence. This is a war in human rights organizations because it can be seen as an easy way to kill. Thank you so much, Paulo. That's it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed. Tune in next week for another episode of our podcast.